The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Easy cash and some baseball news. The Dodgers have placed Cody Bellinger on the 10-day IL with a rib fracture. I'm Chris Kofsky with your Sports Grid news update. Remember to shake it up with Scott Farrell and the crew on Farrell. Coast to coast every weekday starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on Sports Grid. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Let's rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Marinci. Rage all you want. We rolling. We kicking it, Cheech and Chong style. Let's do it. The Late Night Anger Management Class. Steve Merrill is going to step up and in a couple of minutes. We've got one of his colleagues, Andrew McKinnis, just for uh, two, three more minutes. And we'll get McKinnis out of here. We'll welcome our AM Radio affiliates uh, back. But big week of CFL football. And this season's just flying by, McKinnis. Great stuff. Great time of the year to be a sports fan. Love it. Um, so looking at the ESPN schedule to get you guys caught up to date for, uh, for what you can watch and where you can watch it. Um, so tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern time, Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Ottawa Red Blacks, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Friday night uh, football, uh, Montreal Alouettes, Toronto Argonauts, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, doubleheader, Rough Riders, BC Lions gets the big-time treatment on TV, ESPN2. And then Tuesday, September the 28th, the Edmonton Elks versus Ottawa. Whoa. Ottawa are playing on Wednesday and then playing on Tuesday. That's that's tough for them. So let's blast through this. McKinnis, you said you like Ottawa uh, in this spot. Quick reasoning why. Look, if, if you look at the stats of the, as far as their games go, they're not as ugly as they might seem. You know, I think they've actually played relatively mistake-free football in the last couple of games. Their kicker's been playing well. Their kicker's their best player, 12 of his 14 field goal attempts. And, you know, they've added to the team every week, whether it's coaches or now they're bringing in a new uh, quarterback. The team hasn't given up. And I think they're young and they're motivated. I just think seven and a half is a lot to lay with a Hamilton team that's a little bit injured. You know, they got their third-string quarterback in. This isn't a team I want to lay a touchdown with. So I've made, I've made some money against Ottawa, and now it's time to turn the corner and make some money betting on them. All right, Montreal and Toronto, that's going to be a fun game as well. Nice week of football. Uh, so what do you think about the Friday night doubleheader? Alouettes plus three at uh, Toronto, 46-and-a-half. And then Saskatchewan, the Rough Riders, and the BC Lions, both teams are playing good football. They're both on, on streaks here. BC's on a nice little streak. It's a statement game for the BC Lions. It's going to be a ton of people at the game. 43-and-a-half, uh, that total feels light to me. I think it's going to go over the number there. What do you think about Friday night's games? 
Well, I got to tell you, I got to give you credit. And uh, I, I know that the BC place is just down the road from you, but you called that they'd be a pretty good team this year. And I've always said Mike Riley is a great quarterback, but they performed well. Um, and, and this is a big game, like you said. There's a reason why it's pick and price. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm, right now, I'm, I'm off the side, um, but I'm looking towards the over 43 and a half. And, you know, Saskatchewan, it's so interesting. If you look at that team and you just think defense for years, um, since I've been handicapping this team, they're a fun team just defensively. You know, they get a lot of sacks and they force a lot of pressure. But I think as we move forward in the CFL season, they're not going to be this scary under team that people might think they are. So give me the Hold over on, in that game, Gabe. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. We're throwing it down. It's the Twisted Tuesday. Andrew McKinnis wager talk uh, with us. We're going to get uh, McKinnis out of here because we got one of his colleagues, Steve Merrill, stepping up and in. But uh, to, to recap, uh, to recap, Andrew McKinnis is picks with us this evening. He likes the uh, Los Angeles Chargers plus the six and a half. Justin Herbert over pass attempts, uh, whatever uh, your book uh, has it at. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under the number, under that big, robust 55 and a half, and that is a big, fat number, uh, isn't it, uh, McKinnis? And uh, McKinnis is a big hockey handicapper as well. And, um, man, we're less than a month away. You bet on preseason hockey? You bet on preseason NHL hockey at all? I definitely do. Uh, you know, only if it's really good information, like really yeah. – good information and, and a good price, you know, and only if I get on it early, you know, the, the prices move a lot. Well, that sounds like uh, the prison, the warden shut it down. The call's over. <laughs> it's like the, uh, it's like they were, Hey, listen, I wanted to get him out before the AM radio affiliates rejoined us. Right. But he kept talking over the music. It's a wager talk thing. You notice like those guys talk over music more than anyone else. I'm just saying, and Babano, and Babano, besides Babano. All right, uh, that's what I get for trying. It's okay. It's okay. It's like when uh, Kramer puked on Susan and George blamed himself. I should have saw it coming. It's on me. No, no, it's not Kramer. It's me. That that that's on me. That's my bad. Sort of like if you're a wide, if you're a quarterback and you throw the ball to a certain tight end, a wide receiver, and the ball's been dropped too many times. McKinnis is not the guy that's dropping the ball either. But I don't know. Poor guy, McKinnis, he called in on his own dime, which I don't really understand. Like, we have 800 numbers, so for whatever reason, that's costing McKinnis' money on his cell phone. It sounded like he was out of minutes or something. I don't know what happened. All I know is that I used to take calls from prison when I was on the air. I used to tell, like, the uh, we had a toll-free number and stuff. And I used to tell our operator, if anyone calls from jail, like, we'll, we'll speed, uh, you know, we'll get them on. We had less problems getting people on from jail. I miss those days. <laughs> Steve Merrill joins us next. I promise. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. 
the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. The Late Night Anger Man for Class Continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. We're throwing it down. Let's step onto the grid with Steve Merrill. Lucky Steve Merrill. WagerTalk.com in the house, kicking it uh, with us. Hard to believe, but it's already week three of the National Football League. Steve, always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? Hey, Gabe, doing well. Great to be here. So, Steve, let's get right down to business. Um, some interesting numbers. And uh, Russell Baxter is a, a re- regular guest on our program and a great uh, Twitter follow at uh, Bax Football Guru. And he compiles some great uh, numbers um, after every week of NFL uh, play. And I find some of these numbers to be very interesting. So um, here they are. Uh, teams with the most rushing attempts are 22 and 10 teams with the most rushing yards, 19 and 13 teams that have scored 30 or more points are 16 and four Um, home and away. um, You want to talk about dichotomy? There is none 16 and 16 uh, through 32 games. And that's straight up, not ATS 16 and 16 straight up. There's been nine 100 yard rushers through two weeks. There's been 27 100 yard receivers there's been uh, 21 300 uh, 300 yard passers, and as far as interconference uh, play, uh, there's been 10 interconference games. The NFC have won six. The AFC have won four. But of all of these numbers that uh, that catch my eye the most, it's basically the road uh, the road away splits here and the home teams being 16 and 16 straight up so far. Yeah, and I think that's interesting, Gabe, because, of course, you know, last year was the first year we really had no fans. Well, was was the first year we had no fans in the stadium. And, you know, we talked about less home field advantage, and we thought maybe this year there'd be a huge boost. But you almost wonder if teams have learned to play that way, or I don't know what it was. And what was really telling to me was in week one, when they relocated the game from New Orleans to Jacksonville for the Saints and Packers, the line was three. They take it off the board. They relocate it, and it's three and a half. You and I talked about that last week. Basically, they only adjusted the point, a half a point, moving it away from New Orleans to a neutral site. Uh, I thought that was very telling. And that's New Orleans. Like, we're not talking about Jacksonville, right? Like, you know what I mean? There's some some stadiums that are more difficult to play in than others. So is home field now half a point? Is home field one point? It certainly, it's, it certainly ain't three points anymore, I'll tell you that, Steve. It had been diminishing. You know, you and I talked about this last year also. Yep. The last five or six years, it was no longer three points. It had been going down to about two, even one and a half the year before the shutdown or the lack of fans before COVID. So I think we've already seen this trend happening where home field is not worth a blind three anymore uh, for four or five years. And then you wonder if maybe the fact they played in empty stadiums last year for some reason that's made things different. I'm not quite sure why it would have. And once again, hey, look, you know, I always talk about small sample sizes. You know, it is just two weeks of games. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, week one is basically week four of the preseason. It used to be week five, now it's week four. 
So I don't read too much into any result in week one. So we've really only had one real week of the regular season. And I think the lines are still a little soft. Uh, we'll see where those numbers are in, you know, in October, November. I would think maybe home field will have a little bit more of an edge at that point. What do you make of teams that have scored 30 or more points being 16 and four uh, straight up so far, Steve? I mean, are we in a, this is a modern era right now. It's like, is 30 like the new 20? <laughs> like remember the old, like basically teams, they would win. They, you know, they'd be comfortable scoring 24 points. Like, is 30 that new number right now where if you're not scoring 30 points, you're probably not going to be an elite team in the NFL? Well, you figure the average total is probably one of the low 50s game, maybe 53 points or so per game. And just say the average favorite is two, three points. Let's just say that. So that would be like an average score would be like 28, 26. Yeah. So if you get to 30, you should theoretically win. So, you know, you'd be like, oh, yeah, of course, 16 and four. That's not a surprise. But if the average score, if the average winning score is 28 to 26, 30 isn't that far off. So 16 and four is probably a little bit higher than you would think it would be. You know, obviously 20 years ago, it would have definitely been that number because games were in the forties back then. Um, The rushing yards that you brought up is very interesting because back in the day when you and I started in the nineties, early two thousands, you know, if you had the rushing edge, they covered 70% of the time. Yeah. So that was sort of like guys, exactly. So you read my mind on this, Steve. And I'm wondering, is there a little bit of a changing of the guard or is this just too small of a sample size? Because I've talked about this. And football people have talked about it, how everybody is drafted, Steve, kind of gone smaller. Linebackers are smaller. You know what I mean? D linemen are smaller, but faster. It's such a sort of smaller type of defensive guys are smaller than they used to be, but they're faster. And I think some teams are starting to figure it out and realize, you know what? We can run right up the middle on these teams. I mean, look at these guys. We're bigger than they are. And some teams still do have some real size on the offensive line. So you read my mind with that. Is this is this an early trend? We'll definitely keep our eye on this because teams with the most rushing attempts, 22 and 10. Teams with more rushing yards, 19 and 13. And, you know, we're in a fantasy era now, Steve, where it's sexy and people talk about the players that put up big numbers. I see this in the NBA all the time. Oh, LaMelo Ball's great and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, well, he had a nice pass. He gets torched on defense and it can't win. But we live in that all-sizzle, no-stake society, Steve, is there more su- substance and stake right now with these teams running the ball? There's something to this. 22 and 10, more rushing attempts, and teams with more rushing yards, 19 and 13. You always have to be careful, though, with the rushing stats because, as you know, Gabe, when you have a lead, you run the ball more. Yes. You know, So it's one of those but self how many blowouts in the bin? Because I thought about that as well right away. The Marenzi right. database was computing it, Merrill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know many, you were. Yeah, no, how no, many teams, definitely. how many games have we really seen that? There's been a lot of close games. How many teams... You're right, like Buffalo, 35 nothing, but there haven't been too many blowouts. You know what I mean? I mean, if you look back in the early 90s, I remember Andy Isco, who's still handicapping in Vegas. You yeah, know, I know smart Andy. guy. You know, he was one of the original quant guys 30 years ago. I remember he used to put out a report in the early 90s, and it was from the previous few years. And there were some systems that were like 80, 90% against the spread, like over hundreds of games, mostly in college football. But like if you outrushed your opponent by 200 plus yards, you're like 90% against the spread. And all of that was fine and dandy. If you had a plus three turnover margin, you're like 85% against the spread. The problem with all those stats is that they're the day after, you know, it's like, it's very hard to predict a three turnover margin. Um, and the rushing stuff isn't as easy to predict as you think. Cause once again, a lot of those margins is because once the team is up big, they just keep running the ball. You yeah. know, and it's always been a case where teams that throw for big yardage don't necessarily cover. Cause a lot of times you get it in garbage time and you get two, 300 yards passing by default. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are the team that jumps out to me when you're talking about that smash mouth 80s and 90s attack that still works. Uh, the Titans have obviously done that in recent years. And Ravens look at a little bit. And the, yeah, but look at the – they brought a mobile quarterback, of course, also. And that's another thing nowadays that we didn't used to see in the 90s. Yeah, I want to throw that in there too, Steve, yeah. that some of these numbers can be a little bit skewed by – 
you know, like Melvin Gordon popped a 70-yard run, right? Lamar's popping big, big-time right. runs and stuff, so it skews some of the ground numbers, I would right. say, I mean, too. Like, yeah, I mean, Phil Sims wasn't rushing for 80 yeah. yards a game. <laughs> he didn't rush for 80 or, yards in his career. Right, exactly. But it's the, the same thing, Steve, month. isn't it? Yeah. When you hear, oh, this team gives up this many yards on pass defense, it's like, yeah, well, you take it into consideration that they're leading all the time as well, right? right. Like, there's the stats, and then you've got to learn to decipher and read between the stats, Right. Well, you got to take out garbage time. You're exactly right. You know, and like a lot of times these guys get, you know, they get an interception credit against them on a Hail Mary at the end of the half. That happened the first week on Sunday night, I think, when I was watching that game. You know, so you have to be careful with things like that. Uh, Tennessee, though, is an interesting team because they get blown out by Arizona in week one, 38 to 13. Obviously, they're a run-based team. They had 86 rushing yards. Last week, they beat Seattle 33-30. They had 212 rushing yards. So on the season, they're averaging 150 a game, but it's been night and day in the two games so far. How about the Michigan Wolverines? They're averaging 350 a game. Yeah. <laughs> 350. You're going to win football game when you're rushing for 350 yards a game. Steve Merrill uh, kicking it. Well, some interesting uh, interesting numbers, and it's something to keep our eye on, uh, guys, as far as, like I said, we're in a fantasy world, and everyone loves that 300-yard quarterback and all that. And, you know, so what? Look, at Justin Herbert had better stats than Dak Prescott the other day, lost the football game. You show me the quarterback that generally throws for more yards, Steve, I'll show you that he's on the losing team more often than not. Yeah, and actually I was thinking it was Brady in the Thursday night opener. Brady's the one that threw a pick at the half. I knew I was trying to think. I knew it was one of those prime yeah, time Yeah, games. he threw one up there, yeah. You know, so you look at his numbers against Prescott. I think he had two interceptions in the game. You're like, oh, Brady had two picks in game one, but one of them was a Hail Mary, you know. So you got to look at stuff like that. Um, matchups are still key. You know, like you said, if some teams can run against other teams better than others, um, I think matchups are where you can somewhat find an edge. But I'm with you, Gabe. Like you talk about Moneyball back in the 90s with the Oakland A's, you know, doing something different. Now everybody does that, so it doesn't yeah. work as well anymore. You Same with this come, pistol. Yeah. Yeah, and the pistol spread offense. Everybody does it now, so I'm with you, man. I think you know. Hey, look at look at Aaron Rodgers. Old school. Yeah, and we we got to we, we got to get out of here with a break. But look at Aaron Rodgers on Monday night. You know what I mean? It was Aaron Jones that scored four touchdowns? They ran the ball a lot. They're basically like, look, it's working, so let's keep doing it. Um, and it's it's something to keep our eye on moving forward. We'll, more with Steve Merrill on the other side. The late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. 
Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. At work. The late night anger management crack. This is Fortrage. I am Gable Moretz, and we're kicking it with Wager Talk. TV, wagertalk.com, Steve Merrill, prosportsinfo.com. Uh, so, uh, Steve, before we step onto the collegiate uh, grid, NFL football, Thursday night uh, football, primetime game, 6-0 and to the over still right now. And I guess most of the matchups, a few of the matchups you would expect uh, to be higher score, you know, Baltimore, Kansas City, et cetera. Um, but, look, the New York Giants and the Washington football team, people didn't think that was going to be a track meet. People bet the under that game. Uh, the Bears and the Rams did only go over by a solitary point. It was 47, 47 and a half, or excuse me, 48 and a half, whatever. It got to, to 49, et cetera, when it, it, it went over by a point. But nevertheless, it is 6-0. and oh. Now we got a 43 and a half up on the board on Thursday. Yeah, no, look, it's hard for me to play any game under in the NFL nowadays. And uh, these primetime games, was it two or three years ago you came onto that angle? We talked a lot about it. It wasn't the COVID year, but it was either the year before that or the year before that. Remember the primetime games were just soaring over for a couple months? And, you know, it makes a lot of sense. These are spotlight games. Teams bring it. Um, they usually don't take their foot off the gas. And very low total this week. This is going to be one of the lowest totals we see all season. Low 40s, 43 right now for the Carolina-Houston game. Um, Carolina's looked really good. You know, that 1914 win against the Jets was misleading. Um, they had almost 400 yards of offense. They really shut down the Jets. In fact, if you talk about good rushing defense, Carolina's allowed 45 and 48 yards rushing in the two games so far. Um, but they've been better offensively than some of the scores indicate. So, you know, I, once again, I could see this game getting over. And as far as the side in this one, dangerous spot for Carolina. I mean, they just came off the big one yeah. against the Saints, and they got Dallas on deck, and it's the short road team. You know, just three days to travel and prepare is always tough on these road teams. I was thinking the same thing. So how impressed are you with Carolina? And you've got, we got to give them credit. I mean, let's give credit where credit's due. You're 2-0. and You're 2-0. and You are what your record says you are, is the great Bill Parcells. Uh, one said, but he you know, he meant that at, at the midway point of the season. Nice win, but the, the wheels fell off for the Saints. They had a bad week, Steve, with COVID and, and injuries as well. And I don't know how much we'll really learn from the Panthers here, but I think the line is a little high. I want to get your take on that. It seems to be a little high to me at seven and a half, but it's Davis Mills. I mean, I wish we were getting seven and a half with Tyrod Taylor, but we have a, a rookie quarterback making his first ever pro start. So the look ahead line a week ago, on Monday a week ago was three, and then some other books had four and a half. These are bettable lines before so the game. So is Tyrod Taylor really worth four and a half points? <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about three to th- oh, five now. It's gone from three to eight in some spots. So, yeah, you're, you're right about the line being hefty. And by the way, the look-ahead total at that same time was 44 and a half. Now it's in the 43 range. So three and 44 and a half is now eight and 43. Pretty big moves. And I said this earlier on Game Time Decisions tonight, Steve, that the same people now, they're like, oh, well, Tyrod Taylor's out, so the numbers should be this. You're the same jackasses that said Tyrod Taylor sucked and you made Trevor Lawrence a three-point favorite in week one against him. Well, it's Tyrod Taylor, right? Like, It's funny, eh, Steve? Like, uh, like the week to week, people uh, – listen, another thing, Steve, who would have thought, right? The Houston Texans, dude, they're 2-0 and against the spread. Exactly. I mean, you know, we all like, oh, it was Jacksonville that, you know, wasn't an impressive win, but they went in and put up 21 in Cleveland as well. And by the way, the, that was the most public overplay of week two, Gabe, was Cleveland and Houston over 48. It went from 45 up to 48 and a half. They got there 52. Um, so once again, the public has, did well last week playing the Houston game over. A little surprising to see this total drop. You would think the primetime over would take a full effect on Thursday. We'll see if it goes a little higher in your kickoff. 
Steve Merrill, Wager Talk, uh, kick it with us. All right, uh, Steve. And Steve will be with us later in the week on the television side of things. We'll get into more NFL football. But I wanted to talk some college uh, football. So the Raiders, to me, are one of the you know the biggest surprise. The two very impressive wins. Some teams have some wins. It's like, all right, you know, you look at the Broncos, nice wins. You're 2-0, but who have you really beaten? But collegiately, a couple of surprises. Number one, I never thought Iowa would be ranked as high as they are. And here the Iowa Hawkeyes are ranked fifth in the country. And I've got a lot of future bets in it. I've already won one of them, Steve, and it was a great pick. Ohio State over under 11 and a half. I thought, dude, all they got to do is lose once, man. And, you know, and both, they've already lost. I haven't been paid for it. I'm surprised about that. Figured they'd pay me, but no, they're going to make me wait out the season, I guess, to see how many games they play. Oh, yeah, I was just saying yeah. they got to get the fo- – what, what's the limit? Do you have to get all 12? Is that how it was written, I guess? It was um, it was 11 to 12. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get 11 of the 12 in at least. Yeah, yeah. I think it was 11 of the 12. So I thought about that too. I'm laughing because I'm like, well, they already lost, so just pay me. But the thing is, they already lost. So they should pay me, Steve. doesn't matter how many games they played. They lost already. Well, hey, Gabe, it's the same thing, though. It's the same thing in baseball. I know. Nothing's, it's a not, right. Nothing's worse than when you've gone over by the fourth <laughs> inning. It doesn't go. It gets rained out in the seventh or whatever. I mean, that's just one of those things. It's a pile of crap. <laughs> All right. So I was going to say, though, Arkansas is a future pick that I made that it looks like. Am I about to lose this, or is reality about to kick in for Arkansas? Are you buying into the Hogs right now? Because they're one of the big-time surprise teams. They get the Aggies this week. Texas A&M go in there. We saw Arkansas destroy Texas. Can they beat another team from Texas right now? Are you buying into the Hogs? Well, a couple teams about both those teams. By the way, Iowa was really good last year. They outscored their opponents 32-16. to They had the same record as Indiana last year. Everyone thinks, oh, what a great season Indiana had out of nowhere. Um, you know, so I, th- I was big on Iowa coming in this year. I'm not sure they're the fifth best team in the country, but obviously it's setting up well for them with Ohio State losing. And then keep in mind, Arkansas, yes, they looked good against Texas a couple weeks ago, but that was the first road game for a brand new Texas coaching staff and team that lost a lot of players in the transfer protocol, you know, before Scarkeesian got hired. So maybe that'll be one of those games we look back on and be like, maybe it was just a bad outing by Texas. So hard to know what to make of Arkansas, but I do think Arkansas is a little underrated coming in this year. Um, but, you know, once again, we got to be so careful with the NFL and college football reading too much into these just one or two early games in September. Especially in, in college football. We, you know, we all get caught up. I remember like Geno Smith and West Virginia were like 6-0 and or something like that at one point. And then, you know, the games get real. And if you look at Arkansas' schedule, it definitely does uh, get a lot tougher. Um, What game catches your eye the most uh, this week, Steve? West Virginia at Oklahoma, the Sooners have been less, you know, they're, they're getting by. They're getting by, but it's not like they're blown. They're, you know, they're not overly impressive, the Oklahoma Sooners, so far this year. They're hosting West Virginia. And what about Clemson laying double digits at NC State? Um, it's early in the week right now, Steve, but, you know, we, we've seen Clemson. They scored three points against Georgia, and then they struggled to put points up on the board against Georgia Tech. Now they're laying double digits against an NC State team that has been scrappy at home in big games like this before. Yeah, I went three and one on Saturday for my best bets for my clients, and the only game I missed was Clemson. Not even close. Now they did have the lightning weather delay, you know, so you never know, Gabe, how that affects things, you know. Yeah. But but still, they're a twenty-eight point favorite. They didn't even get close to scoring the point spread, you know. So that was a red flag for me. And of course, obviously, they didn't look good offensively against Georgia, and I didn't read too much into that, you know, because I think I think Georgia's a very good team, good defensive team. Um, and they did come out, beat up South Carolina State. But once again, you know, forty-nine to three, they were a fifty-point favorite in that game. They were a three-point favorite against Georgia. They scored three. They were a 27-point favorite last week. They scored 14. So Clemson has not scored more than the point spread in any of the three games this year. 
And, you know, they only had two rushing yards against Georgia. So, yes, I mean, that's three games now. That's a, a quarter of the season. I think we could start to say something's not right with this Clemson offense. And they lost a lot. I mean, I know they lost the number one overall pick at quarterback, but we thought Ui Angalele, you know, would be good as he stepped in last year. But they lost a lot of other pieces as well. And, um, you know, when a team is in a good spot like last week and I miss out big time with them, I'm not going to just flip a switch and think they can fix things. I don't want to say they're a falling knife, Gabe, but uh, they're a semi-falling knife. Yeah, you know what? To put it this way, it's not a horse you want to jump on right now. Right. Steve Merrill uh, kicking it uh, with us for a couple of more moments. Steve, I am intrigued uh, by the uh, the Shamrock series and uh, Notre Dame and Wisconsin uh, playing this game in Chicago at Soldier Field. And something, listen, guys, Notre Dame have never lost at one of these quote-unquote Shamrock series games. They've never lost one of them. They're 9-0 and all time. And I bet against them. I've been betting against Notre Dame. Uh, all season long, so I'm two and one against the spread, picking on them. But I don't really, I don't, I can't justify why Wisconsin are six and a half point favorites uh, against these guys, especially in Chicago, bro. Like Notre Dame are wearing like Chicago theme uniforms. It's Chicago, you know what I mean? Notre Dame fans are in Chicago, like, and you know, yeah, the Irish haven't been blowing teams out. It was a nice win for them against Purdue, but now you're giving me six and a half. What's the deal with this? Yeah, that line's really climbing. I saw some look ahead lines last week that were around pick them as high as minus three, but I even saw pick them at one point on the look ahead. And now it's six, like you said. Um, so this line is definitely inflated higher than we thought it would be a week ago. Um, obviously Wisconsin's loss to Penn state looking a little bit better now that Penn state had a good win last week as well. Um, just Wisconsin's third game. They, you know, they played Penn state didn't look great. Did have a three Oh turnover deficit. Don't forget in that game. Uh, they beat Eastern Michigan, nothing special. They do have a bye week coming in, which could be a little bit of a sneaky edge here. Uh, Notre Dame, of course, was a little flat against Toledo after that come from behind uh, blown lead overtime win. Um, but we talked about it on game time decisions a few weeks ago. You know, Toledo, a very good Mac team. So I didn't discount too much there. And then a good win by them against Purdue. And we talked about that game last week, too, I believe. You know, nobody wanted anything to do with Notre Dame last week. Everybody yeah. was on Purdue. Remember, Gabe? And uh, we all said maybe Including Purdue's myself. the player. Yeah. So, you know, Notre Dame's done what they've had to do so far. Um, I think it's a little bit early to know what to make of Wisconsin. But um, even with the one and one record, they're still giving up just 11 points and just 33 rushing yards. And I know they lost to Penn State, but they still held them to just 16 points with a 3-0 turnover deficit. So I think that's a pretty good Wisconsin team. But that line has definitely crept up higher this week. And Steve, you and I will get you out of here. But you and I often joke and kid about this. Now everyone talks about gambling, but the mainstream media, you know, you'll see like, and what a major upset earlier in the day. And this team knocks off this team. And it's like, wow, they were actually, it was, the game was a pick where they're actually favorites, right? right. And this, this is one of these bizarro world games where Notre Dame are ranked 12th, Wisconsin are ranked 18th, but Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin are minus five and a half. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many people do call that an upset still. Hopefully, I think the uh, media is getting a little smarter, but you're, it's a good point. They, they look at the rankings, which is something you and I hardly ever look at, you know, which is what's funny about it. Um, any other rankings? I miss the odds maker rankings. Remember, we used to talk about that in the old days. Um, yeah, the odds makers rankings always more bang on. See, yeah, it, it opened up, guys, five and a half, and it's climbing up, so I don't know. I don't know. Somebody in South Bend, am I missing something? Um, you know, I, I don't understand why people are this down on Notre Dame and this high on Wisconsin, especially playing on a neutral field. Not even in Madison. Not even in Madison. Um, all right. Maybe people think it is Steve Merrill. He's on wager <laughs> talk. He's not in Madison. And that's another thing. Sportsbooks used to put that little end neutral and stuff. And yeah, they are listed on the bottom. You're, I mean, they are listed as the bottom team. No, Steve, so maybe people are giving them that three points, right? I read, I read a pretty mainstream sports site, bro. That said Notre Dame going to Madison. Yeah. Right. So maybe, maybe let's take, I'm taking the points. Steve, we'll catch up with you on Friday. Thanks buddy. Hey, thanks kid. The late night anger man for cross continues. Bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Go on, you stupid horse. I got my last 10 bucks on you. No, don't look at me. Run! No, don't come over here. Uh, oh, boy. Class, this is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenson. We're throwing it down. It's the Twisted uh, Tuesday. And uh, the countdown is on. Thanks to Steve Merrill for joining us, talking some college football. Uh, this Notre Dame and Wisconsin game is intriguing, and it's funny because I bet on Wisconsin to win their division, not to win the Big Ten, but to win the, their the, the, their division in the Big Ten. Yet I keep on betting against these guys. I took Penn State against Wisconsin in Week One, and I'm getting ready to take Notre Dame here. And it's interesting, as me and Steve were just discussing. I've read numerous websites. Numerous websites that do not bring up the fact that this game is not at Wisconsin. Yet, if you look at, like, the sports book, right, and I've, I've complained about this in the past, and I don't know, like, maybe is it a deal where the sports book thinks if you're too dumb to know where the game's being played, then, you know, it's too bad, it's your fault. But I'm sort of more of the belief with this is they should tell you. Right? Like, would it kill them to put in little writing? You know, you don't even have to say where it is. Just what they used to do is it would just, you know, it would be in little parentheses, N. Neutral. Right? Neutral. Just like so. It said neutral field. Neutral field. And if anything, it's really like, um, if anything, it's really like a home game for, for Notre Dame. 
Like, like who the hell do you think is more popular, Wisconsin or Notre Dame? Right? And I get it, Wisconsin have a ton of students, and they're into it, they're passionate and all this, but it's the Shamrock Series. All right, so for the record, Notre Dame, Notre Dame is um, 9-0 and all time in the Shamrock Series. 9-0 and in the Shamrock Series since the series began in 2009 with the then 25th ranked uh, Washington State Cougars. They played the Alamo Dome. So the nine, they played this pretty cool, the Shamrock Series. I'll give that's one thing with Notre Dame. I'll give them credit; they're very good at marketing themselves. And you know, Brian Kelly, and I'm not a Brian Kelly fan. I think the guy's a jerk. But Brian Kelly has done everything, everything in college football a coach can do besides win, right? Besides the elusive national championship, this guy's done it all. So just for the record. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame's um, Shamrock uh, Series uh, history record is nine and zero straight up. Uh, they 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 played Washington State in two thousand nine. They beat them forty to fourteen. Two thousand ten, they played Army at Yankee Stadium. They beat them twenty seven three. Two thousand eleven, 45-21 FedEx Field over Maryland. Two thousand twelve, uh, they smashed uh, the Miami Hurricanes forty three three at Soldier Field. 2013, Notre Dame beat Arizona State uh, 37-34. 2014, they beat Purdue 30-14. Uh, 2015, they beat Boston College at Fenway Park 1916. 2016, they beat uh, Army at the Alamo Dome 44-6. And in 2018, Notre Dame were ranked third in the country, and they played the 12th-ranked Syracuse Orangemen at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. And it beat them 36-3. Now Notre Dame are ranked 12th. And uh, they're playing at Soldier Field against the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, every preview I read and everything that I see, and I see people in our chat talking about liking the Wisconsin Badgers here. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. And it's funny because, I, you know, I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but it's not about being a fan. And I, I took Florida State plus the points against Notre Dame. I took Toledo plus the points against Notre Dame, and I took Purdue plus the points against Notre Dame. So I've won two or three times betting against Notre Dame. But it doesn't mean I'm going to pick on the Irish every week. All right, so I'm not sold on uh, Wisconsin. I'm underwhelmed with Wisconsin, and quite frankly, I think I might lose my bet that Wisconsin's going to win their division. I've been underwhelmed with the Badgers. When it comes down to a big game, who's going to win a big game on a neutral field like this? I think uh, Coach Kelly at Notre Dame. Coach Kelly might be a jerk, but he's a better coach than Paul Christ. Like, it's not even close. What's, what's Christ ever done? What's Christ ever done in his career what's, compared to what Kelly's accomplished? It's not even close. It's not even debatable. Notre Dame have been battle-tested um, so far this year. Purdue are a decent football team. And like I said, Wisconsin's pedestrian offense – doesn't really like overwhelm me here, and you know I think it'll be a close game. So I think the point spread's too high. Like Wisconsin might win this game, but I don't think Wisconsin are just going to convincingly smash Notre Dame. And for those of you that have been paying attention over the last like years with Coach Kelly, Notre Dame only lose to like Alabama and you know whoever they're going to play, right? They're gonna, they'll lose to the mega power. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're like that uh, UFC fighter. Notre Dame or the UFC fighter, who's the good example? 
Uh, Uriah Faber was sort of like that. Who's the guy now, Matthias? Uh, who's the guy now in the UFC that always wins, will work his way up to the title, but he'll lose and then have to do it all over again, but he will, but he'll lose again? Robert Whitaker? That's Notre Dame. <laughs> like Robert Whitaker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know the guy that can beat anybody, but you're like, yeah, this guy can beat anybody, but yeah, he can't beat the top two guys. But he'll be... Joseph Benavidez. Yeah, Benavides. He's all right. I want to say Glover Teixeira. Well, Benavides has lost how many title shots? He's literally got there, and he's lost in the title match. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't want to discount the little dudes, but there's like six of those fighters, bro. They all got multiple title shots. (laughs) I don't know anybody else that has lost that many title shots. (laughs) How many shots? You're right in favor. Had a lot of title shots, bro. Yeah. Um, Same camp, Gabe. Same camp. Yeah, yeah, good management, <laughs> good good agents. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying, though. <laughs> that's Notre Dame. That that's Notre Dame, um, though. You know what I mean? Like Notre Dame to me will only lose to like the elite. Like Notre Dame will lose to a fast team from the South. And you saw like Florida State gave them a problem with that. Wisconsin play right into Notre Dame's hands. You know, was, Notre Dame are going to be faster than Wisconsin will be. All right, and. I don't think Wisconsin's going to bully Notre Dame. It's not like, oh, we're a Big Ten team. You're going to bully the Notre Dame fighting Irish around. I just think, I think it's a good matchup for Notre Dame. And if, Stanford, if, if, if Wisconsin, I don't know why I was about to call them Stanford, all this Davis Mills talk. And well, I want to talk about Stanford, too. <laughs> uh, I was thinking Stanford, Notre Dame, too. They play each other. But uh, I just don't think Wisconsin's offense is good enough to be laying six and a half points against the Notre Dame fighting Irish. And this will come as a surprise because Notre Dame fans actually get upset at me at times because they're fans of my show and I rip Notre Dame all the time. But I'm not ripping Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame. Give me the Irish. Give me the, give me the, give me the little leprechaun. Hopefully they play better, though, than Conor McGregor's first pitch. Did you see that, Matthias? We played it on the Terrible. TV show earlier. It was Conor McGregor's first pitch. I don't know how many bottles of proper 12 he drank before he threw that ball. I'm not going to blame him. He's Irish. Like, like seriously, like, people are all laughing at Conor McGregor, and I hate Conor McGregor, but people are all laughing at Conor McGregor and stuff. It's like, all right, I don't know. Go to Ireland and try to, like, hurl a Gaelic something, like, before. Hey, do the honorary rugby punt. You know what I mean? See how it goes. The guy's Irish. But, like I said, uh, I got to be honest, though, um, you saw the video, Matthias. I think that his, um, his pitching is better than his jiu-jitsu is. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely better than his freaking whiskey. Uh, well, that too. <laughs> but I was like, wow, he can't pitch. I don't know. It's sort of like your ground game. Uh, very, very similar to your ground game. So you had Notre Dame and Wisconsin. This is a really fun matchup, though. And it's amazing to me that these two teams have not played. The last time Notre Dame and Wisconsin met was September the 26th, 1964. The Irish won 31-7. And it was actually Eric Parsegan's first ever game coaching. Wow, that's a piece of history. Now, we were talking about Brian Kelly, and I don't like Brian Kelly. I think he's a jerk. All right? I think he's a jerk. But let's compare, uh, let's compare um, accomplishments and records. Brian Kelly's 105 and 39 at Notre Dame. Paul Chris is 57 and 20 in his seventh year at Wisconsin. 
In 10 years of coaching overall, Paul Chris is 76 and 39. Brian Kelly is 276, 96 and 2. He's been in title games. He's just fallen short. Um, he's you know he's, he's been in title games. He's just fallen short before. Uh, but this is what's amazing, which, as I stated, I don't like him, but we got to put some respect on his name here. Head coach Brian Kelly has tied Newt Rockney for the most wins in program history. So if he wins this game at Soldier Field, which incidentally. That's where Notre Dame played their first ever game. If he wins this game, he passes Newt Rockney as the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. You think that matters? That's no big deal at all, right? It's a big day for the Irish, and it's going to be a big day for the Irish, and I'm going to be on the Irish. I'm also going to be on the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan, the team, the team, the team. You know, Michigan's winning their games by an average of 35 points a game. They're putting up 350 yards a game on the ground. But that really is amazing. Like, how many people knew that tuning in right now? That uh, Brian Kelly has tied Newt Rockney for the most wins in program history. Yet, as I stated, old man Lou Holtz actually won a championship. Right? It's about winning the championship. Like, Brian Kelly has accomplished everything that a coach can accomplish in college football. When you pass Newt Rockney, you've accomplished something. He's second among active coaches of career games coached. Second only to uh, Mac Brown uh, right now. So I look at this. I look at this football game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Notre Dame always have those cool uniforms when they play in these Shamrock Series games. Uh, Notre Dame's wearing a special Chicago themed. And you know, Notre Dame's just one of these teams. They're just one of these teams that, like, they're so popular in a couple of cities, like the Irish cities. The Irish uniforms on Saturday will have two gold stripes on the shoulders to resemble the rivers and waterways of the city of Chicago's flag. The flag will also be incorporated in the white stripe along the back of their helmet. Uh, The jersey outside collar on the neck features graduating champions in gold lettering in all caps. The gold pants showcase a one stripe with a blue stripe. The block numbers on the jersey represent the city of broad shoulders, which is one of Chicago's nicknames. The design for the pants is a callback to the Irish's first game at Soldier Field in 1924, um, in which they played their first game there. Um, the gold, uh, the gloves mirror the uh, striping aspect of the pants. Real slick-looking uniform. And this is what they do. Like I said, I lived in New York, and, and um, it's amazing. People are Yankee fans and Notre Dame fans. Like that's that's the thing. Like that, you know, that's why the Yankees play. Yeah, yeah, the Yankees host Notre Dame all the time. They made like a crossover Notre Dame Yankee jersey, like at the approval of the Yankees. Whatever, we're praising you now. We're betting on you, but I still hate you, and you still suck, Notre Dame. Go blue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. 
the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I see Ghoster in our chat at Late Night Hours talking about how uh, he's getting worried about Team Europe and he's getting cold feet in the Ryder Cup. Come on, man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Europe's won four to the last five. Europe's going to win. Europe's going to win. Don't get cold feet. All right? Turn the heat up, Ghoster. You're going to be just fine. <laughs> it's closing time. Lucas in Syracuse. What's up, Lucas? Uh, Lucas. In uh, Western New York, uh, kicking it uh, with us. Uh, Dolphin fan and uh, Syracuse uh, in the house. Uh, hey, listen, everybody's against us on, on this one with Notre Dame. That's good. I don't know. It's all good. Hey, it's just one game. Uh, but I do look forward to it. Some great storylines. Like I said, Brian Kelly could uh, pass Newt Rockney. Um, big game for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They win this game like... You know, the the new playoff format, like Notre Dame are always sort of in that mix automatically. So, Notre Dame have a tough schedule. They get Cincinnati the following week. Uh, Michigan Wolverines get Rutgers this week. You know, they're like 19 and a half points. Rutgers aren't terrible. So, you know, listen, they went to like triple overtime the last time they played, and the time before that they played was the game that I was at when it was like, I think it was 42-7 Michigan won, but they didn't cover it because of that stupid punt return. Um, and another thing, Matthias, I don't appreciate you, as I said, go blue. Um, Matthias was down. He's like, well, they haven't really, you know, beaten anybody. And, you know, or, hey, hey, they're winning by an average of 35 points a game. They're ranked 19th in the country. And they're about to beat Rutgers. They're going to climb in the rankings again. Ohio State look a little shaky this year. And we'll find out who Michigan are next week uh, in two weeks when they, uh, no, 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 well, this week they play and then following, you know, whatever. In less than two weeks, they play against the Wisconsin Badgers. Right, they go to Wisconsin. We'll learn a lot about them. Their schedule gets tougher. Same thing with Arkansas. There's a lot of teams now. Like, hey, everybody's two and zero. Everybody's three and zero. It's college. This ain't the NFL, right? Like, everybody's sort of undefeated right now. But once conference play starts, that's when you start to really learn about these teams. And uh, we'll be breaking it down all week long. I'm looking at NC State plus the points against Clemson. Clemson's offense just can't get on track. NC State are a dangerous football team with a ton of returning starters and a ton of talent, and they've nearly beaten Clemson before. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. We do this 24 hours a day, working hard to bring you the news you can use. Get on the grid. We are Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. 
Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.